Welcome to the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. Coming to you from Dallas, Texas. Here's your host, Tim Wilkins. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. Today's topic is a fun one for us NASCAR fans. As recently, uh, as you know, as they recently happened about a week and a half ago, uh, NASCAR announced a new media rights deal across the networks. And uh, I'll be remiss to say, I think Chris is a good topic to kind of get into and dive into because I, I it has its positives and negatives. And I, uh, before we continue any further, I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. And has a great holiday season. And, uh, you know, hopefully not freeze their butt off in this nice time of December. Chris, appreciate you joining me, buddy. Uh, This is a fun time for NASCAR with a $1.1 billion media rights deal over the next seven years. And uh, I I think there's, there's a little bit of truth to the fact that it's a good deal. But in reality, I think there's... If you dive deep into this, there's some things that need to be, you know, drawn out here and understood. So, Chris, I appreciate you joining me, buddy. Yeah, man. No, I'm happy to uh, happy to be back and and talk a little bit about the new uh, new TV rights deal starting in uh, in 2025. Yeah. So, for everyone keeping track at home, uh, we're not there yet, right? So, um, we're in 2023. We got a whole other season left to go. Um, under the old media rights deal, which Chris, I I can say this. I, I think it's, you know, we have seen the evolution of the media rights and how people view and consume racing, uh, as fans over the period of time. And I think seriously, this deal is, it it's, it's at its core. It means well for the sport. It's a very important thing, but I think other media rights deals have have done a little bit better in the com- in terms of cash flow. And I know it's historic in one point one billion, but I think the exposure of the sport across different networks here has definitely seen its um, just difference. I mean, obviously, we started ESPN. I think we can go through the history here, Chris. If you don't want, if you don't mind, we can we can go through that. It's ESPN. I think Fox. I think we they almost see it on every single network there is in the country. Is it right? Yeah. So a little bit of a quick kind of synopsis of, of how the television rights deal has changed, maybe even in the last, let's say, 25 years. So so let's look at it prior to 2001 real quick. So from basically prior to 2001, all the media rights uh, television deals were actually handled by the tracks itself. So each track would independently negotiate their own television contracts. So that's why you saw the plurality of different uh state uh channels that covered nascar was you know cbs for the longest time and uh espn uh tnn the old the old tnn network uh nbc jumped in late before they took over so uh abc so there nascar was all over the place back then because simply the, the television rights deals were were negotiated by the tracks so 
uh, in 2000, uh, heading into 2001, NASCAR at the time, Brian France, who at the time was not the president of NASCAR, but he negotiated uh, basically the tracks uh, cease their uh, negotiations individually and all as, as one collective uh, bargaining uh, went in with NASCAR and negotiated at that time the biggest television rights deal in in NASCAR history, which uh, saw NBC or Fox and NBC, along with Turner, Turner Sports, uh, split the the season. And that first contract ran from 2001 to 2006. Uh, 2007 to 2014, uh, Fox remained uh, with with the NASCAR coverage, um, which I mean they've had since since 2001. Uh, and, and then also ESPN had um, had the back half of the season. And then the current television deal that we're underneath right now has been obviously Fox and then NBC rejoined in uh, in 2015. So uh, again, last year that of this current television contract, but that's kind of a little small uh, cliff note synopsis of, of the television deals over basically the last almost 25 years. Yeah, man. So, I mean, Let's just kind of go over this a little bit here. I, I, I definitely, as a race fan and an NASCAR fan for my most of my life, I, I have some serious, you know, I say begrudging opinions on this deal because of the way that the races are laid out over the time of the contract. It's seven years instead of the usual ten years, from my understanding. Is that correct, Chris? Yep, that's correct. Seven okay, years, so it's one. it's so it's three years shorter. So three years shorter, and it's an annual re- average annual revenue of one point one billion. Which, Chris, can you tell me? Maybe you can look this up while we're talking. While I go over this. What is the current annual value right now? Uh, the current contract is ten years, eight point two billion. Okay, so it's make sure I understand this correctly. Right now, it's an annual. What's it? What's the annual value? That's where I'm getting at here. What's the? Uh, I mean the. I mean, obviously, over the year, length of contract, I expect a, a percentage increase over year. That's not really the concern that I have. It's it's the. Good with math here. It's just the if you divide that was it ten years? It's eight hundred million dollars a year. Yeah. Give or so take, a, right? Yep. Yep. So about yeah, give or give or take plus or minus a couple things. So let's just kind of go into this. It's. It is uh, $1.1 billion over seven years. So if you divide that by seven, or I'm sorry, it's 7.7 over seven years, which is $1.1 billion. which, yes, it, in, in hindsight of race fans, it is a 40% increase from the current media rights deal. That's a great headliner, but at the core of it, the way this is presented to the race fans is kind of a slap in the face to people that have a brain. And I mean that with respect to everyone that listens to this podcast or enjoys the sport of what we like to enjoy. So here's here's the weeds of this contract. It's Fox Sports and NBC Sports. Obviously, NASCAR's legacy media partners will both broadcast 14 races apiece per year. Fox has the Daytona 500 and NBC has the the last uh, the last 14 races. So Fox begins the season. NBC finishes the season as previously d- designed the last, what, five years or so they've done it. Okay, five races annually we broadcast on the make big boy network of Fox, starting with the Daytona 500 and maybe the Clash, from my understanding. 
And then four big races will be on NBC, the, the, the parent network on NBC. And the remaining network events will air on Fox Sports 1 and USA Network, respectively. Okay. I'm not going to dive in so much into the Xfinity level and the truck series, but just for all aesthetic reasons, uh, the Xfinity race series, the Xfinity series is supposed to go to the CW network, I believe, in 25. Yep, that's correct. Um, and 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 Fox Sports One is still going to have the Craftsman Truck Series. So here, here's where I, as a fan, feel like it's a slap in the face, and I'll tell you why. Because there's more to this deal. That as a fan, you're like, cool. If you have cut the cord from cable and gone that route, awesome. Because the next part of this deal is pretty sweet. Uh, but in the reality of it, it's that, okay, a lot of the races are going to be on networks that are owned by the parent companies of NBC, like USA Network. Yes, as a wrestling fan, I still have the USA Network. And yes, I do watch WWE Raw every single Monday night live at 8 p.m. or 7 p.m. Central live on the USA Network. Uh, but here's the thing. Not everybody in the country has the USA Network. Same can be said with Fox Sports 1. I don't know about you, Chris, but we dealt with this with Bailey Sports. I'm not sure if you remember the old Fox Sports Networks, right? The regional yep. sports networks. Yep. And they got bought by Bailey's, who are now going bankrupt. It is, to me, kind of a disservice to race fans that these races are not going in more of a cut-the-cord streaming service style which, by the way, I believe you might be able to still access some of these via the streaming services of NBC and Fox. I'm not quite exactly sure how to go about doing that, but you should be able to. But still, there for people that don't have cable and like to enjoy racing, it kind of puts them at a disservice. Now, if you're kind of a newer, I would say not Gen Zer, but maybe a younger person that has cut the cord and doesn't have cable, the next part of this deal is pretty it's instrumental, I view, and their their broader long-term outlook on the way people consume media. Okay. So they brought on two huge media partners as well into this that are only doing a very small amount of races on the streaming services. Okay. Two new broadcast partners of Amazon and TNT Sports. Okay. I think Amazon collectively now will be getting more and more actively involved in sports, sports media rights. And I'll be surprised um, if, and listen, I know, Chris, you haven't watched wrestling in a while, but I would not be surprised if WWE goes to Amazon. I would not. I mean, the way yeah. the way this, this, this trend is heading and the way that they want to take the market share, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised at either. But let's get back to the nits and, the nits and crannies here. It, two new broadcast partners, Prime Video and TNT Sports, will evenly split a series of 10 mid-season races. Okay, so... Anyone that knows the season schedule knows that what they're probably meaning is the dog days of summer. Okay, that's what they're meaning. They're meaning the dog days of summer from like, I say what, Memorial Day probably, Chris? Can I be 10 weeks? Yeah. 10 weeks. So probably yeah. the dog days. So probably like June 1st, probably all the way to August. And we should mention too, to Mommy and Coffee Train Thought, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. obviously T TNT is over the past several, I mean, not, they've covered NASCAR racing dating back to the, to the 1980s. Um, you know, so they are almost like a legacy in, in, in exactly, a sense of this yeah. point. They're, they're so, very and, much a legacy, and 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 you know that, and it's obvious. And I've learned too through this that Turner's actually not 
it's actually not Turner anymore. It's uh, Discovery Warner Brothers. They've they actually yeah, they, they, it's a parent county. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a it's a big it's a media conglomerate that also broadcasts AEW wrestling as well. So there's a big you can tell the the sports uh, Turner and, and Discovery and Warner Media has kind of taken more of a a buy in and just and just kind of heck they do hockey. I mean you know um, I know TNT Sports. A lot of people that always enjoy sports thinks TNT as the uh, the basketball network, you know, and things like that. But they do broadcast hockey and things like that. So they're coming a long way in their exposure to to the fandom of sports. But so just kind of go through this here. It's it's a series of 10 races evenly split, about five races apiece. And so both Prime Video and TNT Sports have also obtained exclusive rights to practice and qualifying sessions. Uh, and Prime Video will stream all practice and qualifying sessions from the start of the season, with the exception of the Bush Light Clash, Daytona 500, and the All-Star Race. So TNT Sports, which, by the way, if anyone likes to stream sports in that way, the Max uh, BR Sports add-on uh, Max is actually how a lot of the stuff that's simulcasted um, in that manner. And I, if anyone actually has, and I'll just give you a little bit of a tidbit here. Anyone that actually has uh, AT&T wireless as their cell phone provider receives a membership for free with max. And if you have, if you have Verizon wireless, I believe that deal is still active by the way, Chris, don't, don't quote me on that. I hate to say it to everybody to try that out, but I did it a while back and it still works with no problem. Uh, but if you have Verizon, apparently you have Paramount Plus. So, which I was actually while reading through this media rights deal, I was actually genuinely surprised that Paramount didn't try to make a kind of a jump into the to the sports world and maybe just do it on their streaming service, right? Not to not to kind of get it on maybe the main network of CBS, but try to maybe do it on the streaming service. But it, I like where NASCAR is heading. The kind of the 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 one thing that's kind of a I would say really it's nice to see that they're kind of going in this direction of the streaming services. But a lot of people, if you look at the trends of the way people consume media across the board, across the country, and across the world, a lot of them are watching it via streaming service of some kind. So them kind of put poking I, I would say this dipping their toe in the water with this kind of stuff is nice to see, but I think it could have been done on a larger scale, Chris. I think, you know, we've seen apps like Flow Racing and other ones like that have really large exposure and do really well. And yeah. so it's kind of a, in my view, it's, I, I wish NASCAR took more of a cutting of the cord mentality and not been so much legacy media, but maybe the money wouldn't have been the same, but yeah. Yeah. I, I don't mean to break here, Tim. I, yeah, I think I, I, I do think, yeah, it's. I think we can use. You know, I hate using this term. It's a, a Gen Z term, but I, in a lot of ways, NASCAR really went out and had to get the uh, proverbial streaming bag. Um, you know, I think that's something that they have that they've obviously had their eye on for the last several decades, knowing how the how the how the landscape of media has changed, and you know, there was an opportunity there for them. I, I do think that there will be some some teething pains, especially for the, uh, you know, I mean, make no bones about it, an, an aging fan base or an older, an older fan base that, you know, is more accustomed to, uh, you know, more traditional ways of watching the races. So, 
Um, you know, I, I mean, even, even for myself, um, you know, seeing the, when you see the number of, of races that are on, you know, f- we, we would consider free TV or network TV being so, being so small compared to how it's always been where the big focus was how many races could you get on, um, you know, free or, 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 or network television. Um, you know, that, that's even a change for, for us. So. Yeah. And that's where I, I think Chris you know, getting into the weeds of this, I am not exactly, and I know we can talk about the positive and negatives of this deal. I think long term, it's it's a bad play by NASCAR to do exactly what you just said, of not having as many races on free television to possibly the masses, and to maybe grow the fan base a little bit more. I, obviously, yes, it's an injection of cash flow into the the sport with an extra three hundred plus million dollars. Um. That there's no question about that, which maybe you can go into this more than I, I understand. But so that money is distributed to the race teams. Is that how I understand it? Like it is like the NFL or how is that money distributed? Yeah. So, I mean, one of the big one of the big kind of sticking points that, that I've been reading a lot and, and it's you know, been, been in the media with several folks, especially team owners, has been has been that revenue split between, um, you know, with the charter system. And that's still an ongoing uh, an ongoing deal. Um, which that needs to be, that's kind of the next uh, domino to fall is going to be what happens with the uh, the charter systems going past 2024. But um, right now, I believe it's about a, about 60% of the revenue of the TV revenue goes to the tracks and then the other 40 or, or I believe it's made 20, the other 40 is split between, um, you know, the teams uh, and some of the other kind of uh, stakeholders in the sport. So you know, without, I mean, I think we all would agree without the teams, there wouldn't be a NASCAR. So, um, you know, so I, I know that that continues to be a, a major sticking point is trying to get more of that piece of the pie uh, as it relates to this, to this television, this media rights deal. So are, are we uh, talking, Chris, are we talking like small percentage points that the owners are wanting or are we talking big, big swings and percentages that they want? Um, I mean, I think they'd like to go more towards a, a 50, 50 split. I mean, I think, I think, I mean, and let's be real. I mean, team owners want to recoup as much of their investment as they can. So, I mean, if it was the opposite way where 60% was going to the teams, the other 40 was split, I think that there would be a, you know, I think that that, that would be the, that would be the best case scenario. But, um, you know, when you have so many uh, cooks in the kitchen, it's, it's kind of hard to, uh, to make that many people happy there. But again, from, from looking at from, from a team perspective, I mean, what, again, without the teams, there's no, there's no NASCAR, um, but you know, again, we'll see that that's really kind of the next domino to fall. It would, would seem now with obviously the holidays, uh, Christmas come, you know, coming up here shortly. I, I'd imagine that these conversations are going to start early next year. And I, you know, I think they're obviously want to get this done sooner rather than later. And, um, you know, so they can look towards, you know, 2025 and, and, and beyond in terms of budgets and, you know, will will we see an expansion of charters? Will you know? Will is the number going to remain thirty six? Will it go to thirty eight? You know, there's been you know talk of other owners like you know like Dale Earnhardt Jr. who've expressed interest in in starting a Cup team, but you know from a financial standpoint, have to make the have to make the numbers work. So um, yeah, I think that's going to be something I'm sure we'll cover here on the podcast next year um, with how will this you know, how will the future look once they, if they get the charter deal done and what that'll look like? I mean, realistically, and I I think back when we were younger in life, they had 43 cars, right? And 
and, and obviously there's some right driving parks and things like that, but there was a lot of teams that were involved in the sport. I, I just find it kind of weird now that, you know, with this $7.7 billion media rights deal, that there's not going to be a swing in percentages. I mean, and, and not just a small swing either. I'm talking, yeah, your team is going to probably, I guarantee the owners are probably going to shoot for 55% or maybe 40 or they're going to shoot for 60%. They're going to want more, I think majority buy-in. And of course the tracks are not going to like that, but NASCAR can say, huh, it's tough luck. Yeah. You I know? think but the, cha- the challenge there, you got to look at from the perspective of, you know, the, 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 you know, NASCAR owns a majority of the tracks they're under NASCAR ownership, you know, then you obviously have the SMI tracks like Atlanta and Charlotte and Sonoma and Bristol. And then you have, which really the only one independent track that's left is the Indianapolis motor speedway. So, um yeah i mean the tracks are gonna want are gonna want their money but i think also from the perspective and i and i give i give kudos to you know uh, denny hamlin and and even the I'll, I'll even say the door bumper clear guys like they have said like listen you you know these tracks get 60 percent of the revenue but none of that money is ever for the most part i mean some tracks have seen some revitalization or seen some some upgrades or renovations but the majority of these racetracks have not seen any significant um upgrades to their facilities it's like so where's all this money going it must be getting pocketed and not not ultimately reinvested into uh into these facilities so you know would would it would a potential move or change in the revenue structure finally force these tracks to not only promote their races but also you know reinvest in their facilities you know that'll that'll be that'll be interesting to see as well i i think Maybe I didn't hear your opinion about this media rights deal from earlier, but I know I kind of went on a blabbermouth spiel. But I mean, in reality, man, what do you what do you think about this media rights deal? Is it is it good on paper? Am I just blowing smoke up people's butt here with me being pissed off about only having like um, like nine races that are free? Yeah, when I when so when I first looked at it, I was like, oh boy, this is not good. But when I did a little more research and did some more reading and and kind of looked at it, I said, well. You know, we have to look at from this perspective. So I, I did. I actually looked up. So in the in two thousand the two thousand thirteen Daytona five hundred had sixteen million viewers uh, on Fox. Uh, the twenty twenty three Daytona five hundred had nine million viewers. So in the span of of one decade, essentially a little over a decade, we've lost nearly fifty percent of our audience that is watching that is watching these races on free TV. So we, you got to look at it from, I mean, look at it from a dollars and cents standpoint. I think the challenge, I think, I think the, the opportunity was there that, you know, NASCAR, NASCAR had a number that they were shooting for. They wanted to eclipse the number that they had and they were able to do that, you know? So, but I guess in turn, you know, the sport has always traditionally talked about, you know, oh, we're the number one, you know, number two spectator sport in America. We're, top five in in tv viewership well now with the tele with with going to this this television rights deal the whole idea of, of tv viewership sort of kind of takes a kind of takes a step back but again we have to look at from the perspective of yeah cord cutting is real a lot you know i've not had cable in almost 10 years in my own personal home so um things are things are changing it's a changing media landscape and you know the amazons and the and all the different streaming services youtube 
YouTube TV. I mean, when you look at other professional sports, I mean, you know, who would have ever imagined a day 10 years ago that the NFL would not have Sunday ticket on direct TV. Now it's on, now it's on uh, YouTube TV. Uh, Thursday night football is exclusively on Amazon, you know, where, you know, when we were in college, you know, it started, it was on the NFL network. It's just the media land, the TV landscape has changed. And I think a lot of us have to understand that that's, this is where things are trending. People are, people are watching more, are streaming more things online than ever before. And, they're, you know, it's, it's almost the way of, you know, the, the days of cell phones and, or, uh, of beepers and pagers and, and, uh, landline television, telephones and, and VHS tapes. I mean, it's just cables becoming a, uh, a relic of the, uh, of the past. So I, I just I think, really I, 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 you know, no, no worries, man. I think legitimately it's kind of one of those things where I think as a fan, I thought NASCAR would kind of go in a different route, and I'll explain why. If you're seeing a decrease in viewership on the legacy networks, right, you would think, why don't we just build ourselves an app ourselves, our streaming service ourselves, and do a subscription of $9.99 a month? Like WW. And the reason why I bring up this model, by the way, is that the WWE did exactly that for three and a half years and then had their media rights bought by comcast and that can be done with nascar that being said not really surprised by the fact that it's staying on the legacy that they're used to dealing with and negotiating with right i'm not i'm not saying it was a bad deal i'm saying at its core yes the financial you know the financial side yes great the way it's laid out is terrible you know, you're doing all these races on USA, okay? So that means you're going to have to assume that people either have Peacock or they're going to have to have cable, which I'm not even sure if that's even an option to watch a race on Peacock because they usually do. I mean, they usually do happening on the streaming yeah, service. Major, yeah, normally, or at least some of the races, it, it depends. NBC in particular, you know, some races they'll show on Peacock, like the finale this past season was on Peacock, but then some other races were on the NBC Sports app. So it's again, it gets weird. It gets a little weird, it man. It's really weird. And then Fox is very similar to that. So like, and that's where I thought NASCAR could have probably improved a little bit in the world in the world of how they conduct themselves in business. Is that they've seen these big sports conglomerates? Okay, I understand wrestling may not be a, a you know it's fake as everyone likes to call it, but. In reality, they are the biggest entity. They just merged with the largest mixed martial arts company in the globe, the UFC, and made themselves a juggernaut. And it wasn't for like the glimmers of hope and prayer. Like they did it all by business. And NASCAR is the leading North American motor racing in in the in the country. So why don't they act like it and not do this? I, to me, this is a juvenile amateur stylistic deal which yes it pays 1.1 billion dollars but let's not fool our fan base a little bit here and you know listen yes are is our fan base getting older sure but if you ask any fan that's in their getting older would they like to only subscribe to one app to watch all their racing and they can watch that app on any single electronic electronic device you bet their butt they would i mean i just think that nascar kind of missed a 
the opportunity there. And maybe there's still time for that, but I, I just, to me, the me- the legacy media is not the way it's going. And of course, I sound like a Gen Zer when I say this because it hurts my soul to even say that word Gen Z. But like it, 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 it's going in that direction. Like the the there's studies based on it. The fact that the way people consume media is going in a totally different direction. And why not this? You know, like for example, what Kristen? I, I know I'm getting long winded here, but like what? What stopped Amazon or what stopped NASCAR from going to a straight up Amazon Prime streaming season? I think uh, I, like I think that kind of that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was, I mean, I, th- I think they didn't want to totally abandon their, uh, you know, their their more traditional fan base. So I feel like right now this is a kind of a soft, uh, a soft, soft uh, launch of of what kind of is is you know in the future to come. Yeah, I mean, I, I just. You know, I, I just <laughs> I think NASCAR could have really, I mean, could have cut it took off like a rocket ship here and, and done some 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 innovative things for the sport. But instead, they so, kind of stay with this. I know we're getting I know we're getting close to the end here, but I so I yeah. actually found something interesting thing on on Twitter um, or X, depending on what you call it. Uh, there's somebody actually did the the uh, auto racing viewership in the United States. They did the top 191 um, races across on, on on television, and with the exception of and the top, so 30, 36 out of the top 37 most the most of most viewed. Sorry, let me repeat that again. 36 of the top 37 most viewed races on television were NASCAR races. Obviously, the Daytona 500, which drew an audience of 8.1 million. Number two was actually the Indianapolis 500 at 4.7 million. But you have to go all the way down to the 38th most watched event that uh, was the Formula One race. Excuse me, actually was the Xfinity race um, at Daytona, the the season opener last year. And then 39th uh, was the the first non um, um, was the first IndyCar race or sorry. First Formula One race, the Miami Grand Prix, which saw 1.6 million viewers on um, on ABC. So, so I mean, here here here's a here's a rule of thumb. Here it is the fact that NASCAR is the leader in North American motorsports. Okay, no question about it. Okay, but and, and the what, problem is, and the problem really stems, Chris, is the fact that they're not innovating the way they do this at all. It's there's keeping to the old school way of doing business. Like that's like the NFL, like not including Amazon prime, you know, they're there. They could have easily negotiated media rights deal that not included streaming services. And they didn't. So what, you know, it, it to me, it's NASCAR can really make a, a pretty key jump here in the next I mean, I'm hoping by the next meteorites deal, Chris, and I, I mean this sincerely, that there is more streaming services that are offered. As Which a, I think, I, I think there has to be, in my view, um, because the fans. I'm sorry, the fans ain't gonna sit here and and pay all this money for cable. When let's say, like, I'll just primely shout out Flow Racing. Okay, I'll say, it. yeah, you pay 150 bucks a month or 150 bucks a year. Excuse me. And guess what? You get all the cool ass racing across the fucking entire year. Excuse my language. And guess what? 
if you want to watch something else, you turn it off and you'll watch something else. It's pretty simple, right? I don't, I don't think I can go any further than that is if you're a true race fan, you like to consume the product, then give them an app that lets them consume the product all the time, right? That's just the way it goes. But, exactly. you know, that's the way I look at it. Chris, I appreciate you joining me, buddy. This is a fun topic for us. I know we've been going back and forth. I, I, I'll I be really interested to see if the, if the ratings stay the same with this new reading rights deal, if it kind of downtrends some more. And if it does downtrend some more, will we see very much of a strategic pivoting by NASCAR in the next media rights deal? Because I, I don't see them. If we're losing viewership, and like you said, we're doing nine million dollars, nine million on Daytona. We did sixteen million a few years ago, maybe six or seven years ago. That there's a trend there, right? So there's a trend of downturn when it comes to viewership, and that's over the course of time. So hopefully we can. Interesting to see how it plays out. It'll be interesting next season for sure. I hope everyone has a great holiday season. Chris, thanks for joining me. Let's have a good one. See you next time. We might have an episode out before the holiday is over for Christmas. Uh, you know, life is life. And, uh, you know, we'll definitely get back to a normal recording schedule in 2024. And I uh, appreciate it as always, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. Feel free to follow us on social media via Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook.